Lindsay Barra, and welcome to Food of the Gods, a podcast that explores how elite athletes eat and train to fuel performance. This is part two of our conversation with two-time Olympian and six-time world champion Kendall Coyne Schofield, a forward on the United States women's ice hockey team who has her eyes set on the Beijing Olympics. At age 29, Kendall has already played 153 games for Team USA, tallying 73 goals and 81 assists for 154 points. She's known for her unparalleled speed, on-ice vision, and scorer's touch. And though she is just 5 foot 2 and 125 pounds, she is a powerhouse. For Kendall, squatting her 300-pound NFL player husband, Michael Schofield, a guard for the Los Angeles Chargers, is no problem. Kendall is also a player development coach for the NHL Chicago Blackhawks, her hometown team, a co-owner of the Chicago Red Stars women's professional soccer team, and the author of an upcoming book, As Fast As Her, which she hopes will inspire young women everywhere to dream big and never give up. You, well, I also saw the video from quarantine of you guys doing squats. Michael had you in the piggyback and then you had him on your back and you actually got four squats with him. So that stunt aside, how important is lifting heavy for your fitness as a hockey player? <laughs> well, I must say that was a joke because he, <laughs> yeah. he was serious about lifting me because yeah. we just, we only had dumbbells during the, during the pandemic. And he's like, I actually need to like lift some weight. So he's like, can you get on my back? I was like, sure. And then he put me down and I was like, okay, my turn. He's like, no. And I'm like, yes. And he goes, okay, I'm not responsible if you get hurt. And so it was kind of a joke, but no, I think it's extremely important. I think that's, but I think it's one thing that you have to be very, very careful with managing, you know, cause again, I'm someone that I like to try and increase as much as I can week by week, but I, I've come to realize, especially as I've gotten older in my career, you know, maybe this is the threshold. Maybe this is this, I'm at a good spot here. I don't need to go heavier. I just, I need to be able to wrap this out, have good technique, have good pace, you know, with the lift. So I think it's, it's finding that balance, but yeah, I think being able to, to have enough muscle mass to push people around and to, to skate and to have power is important. Um, and I think lifting weights helps. What are the lifts that you do the heaviest? Is it bench squat deadlift? Yeah. Bench. Yeah. You kind of nailed them all. Yeah. Bench. I trap our deadlift, not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know back squat just cause I don't have great shoulder flexibility. Cause I'm very tight. If I like to squat, I prefer a front squat. But if I'm going to do like a lower body exercise, I like like the SLDLs or I like, I don't like, but I like the rear foot elevated split squats, just ones that take a little bit more load off the back personally. These are also things that you're mentioning all these one-legged exercises, like you mentioned, that are really going to mimic more of what you do on the ice. The other thing I was going to ask is skating is so side to side in that transverse plane, everything we do in the gym is usually sagittal front to back. So when you get into the gym, do you try to mimic that transverse plane or is it more important to you to get out of it and do something else? Uh, A combination of both. I would say whether we, we, cause we do, you know, especially with Mike's workouts, we do lateral days and we do linear days. So we were able to mix, mix that up. And I think also too, like we do like I don't know. Everyone has a different name for them. Like the hide and jumps, you know, there's definitely things that we do. That's more relatable to skating. Um, whether it's like, you know, using a Kaiser machine and crossing under and the adduction and like a lot of stuff with our groins because we're using them so much skating. And then sometimes too, it's like, 
you know, my adductors, my groins, they, they've taken a beating on the ice. So we need to lay off them in the weight room. But yeah, so I think it, I would say it's a, it's a combination of both because we still need to be athletes, right? We're not just hockey yeah. players. We have to be good athletes. So you can't just be good at skating, you know, that skating motion. You got to work everything else too. I'm just wondering also too, how your workout routine has evolved over the years. You mentioned that like, you don't like to do back squats because your shoulders are a little bit tight. What, what else have you learned and then dumped out of your workouts because it just doesn't work for you? I would say it's more so what have I added to my workouts than taken out? And I, I think for me, it's really focusing on that prehab part because you get the workout and so many, you know, as athletes, you're like, all right, I want to get this done. I want you're excited to get it done. Cause it's, you know, it's the fun part, but the, the not so fun part is the beginning part, whether it's, you know, the stretching, the rolling, the exercises that are a little bit more slower and so important because as I've gotten older and I am a tighter athlete, you know, it's a higher risk for injury. So I really have to take care of my body, whether that's, you know, again, rolling, stretching, doing all those small prehab exercises that, Again, they're not fun. They're tedious. They take time, but it's really embracing those and, and doing them better each each time. And I think that's definitely helped me over the long part of my career. Mike Boyle, one of the things he always tells people is that you can wor- warm up for like five minutes when you're a kid, but for every decade of life, you have to add five minutes to your warm up. So I'm wondering how long do you warm up for nowadays, and and what does that warm up look like? <laughs> That's funny. Well said, Mike. Thank you. You're you're spot on. Um, Wait a minute. And I'm 15 years older than you. So I'm at least seven and a half minutes longer than you are. (laughs) Uh, I would say my warm, well, I hate calling it a warm up too, because it's, there's the warm up part. And then there's like the activation, the prehab part, it's kind of all part of it. It's not just, but I would say that takes me about 30 ish minutes, depending on again, the day, the environment, skate, no skates, things like that. I think that's good perspective for people though, because I think a lot of the general population, people want their workouts to be over and done with inside of 30 minutes, where a lot of the professional athletes are at 30 minutes, they're just getting started to start their workout. So it's just an interesting thing for people to to think about. I will say it's a little bit slow or a little bit shorter. Like sometimes we come right off the ice and we're I mean, we're warm, right? Cause we just got, came off a hard practice and we'll go like right into the lift. But then for me, it's recognizing, okay, I need to cool down. Like when I was young, I could just go shower up and be, feel fine and nothing sore and I'm great. But now that I'm older, I really have to, you know, after that lift, like, okay, let's roll out, let's cool down. Like, whether it's like the balls on my feet, like the hyper ice massaging gun that we, that everybody has and just doing those little extra things, stretching, we do wall shakes, things like that, that really help like me me feel better tomorrow. I was going to ask you if you have any favorite recovery tricks, anything that you can't live without any devices aside from that hypervolt that you travel with. Hypervolt. Thank you. I didn't, what did I call it? I I know what you're talking about. (laughs) I just have like one of those like purple stretch bands. They're like the longer ones. And then I have like the smaller blue one because I just use those for activation before games. And then I use, I use the blue one for activation before games and practices. And then I use the, uh, the big purple one for recovery. Like I stretch a lot after hockey with that purple band and that's been helpful. And almost every strength coach athletic trainer that I've had over my career says, I, you need to get more flexible because I'm so tight. So I've been, I'm working on it, everyone. And those are the ways I work on it. (laughs) 
Do you up up in Minnesota at training camp? Do you guys have anything like the cryo chambers or the saunas or any of those big things that you've gotten into? No, I think everyone like we had like the Norma Tax cold tubs, but you can. There's places I know some of my teammates do like the cryotherapy and the red light therapy or the hyperbaric chamber things. Like you can go, but we don't have it like at our facility. Gotcha, gotcha. So. I want to ask you a little bit about your nutrition. What does a day of eating look like for you? Uh, day of eating starts with uh, my breakfast. My I don't call it my first breakfast. But my my initial meal is a little bit lighter because I get up and go to the rink for practice. So I'll have a fruit, a bar, a probiotic, some yogurt, just to start off with, and then go to the rink practice. I'll usually grab something before we go lift. And then I'm usually, I like to drink like combination of water and electrolytes throughout the day. And then after our lift, we have a meal at the rink. So that's whatever it is today. It was chicken, green beans, and then dinner. I usually base it off of what meal is. And sometimes you don't always know what meal is because that's at the rink. And so like if we had chicken today, you know, I'll have something else, whether it's, but I usually try to have like a protein, a carb, the healthy fats, with each meal, especially protein as much as I can. And I don't mind cooking. I know there's some people that like, don't like cooking, but I like, I know it's our fuel. Um, and as they always say, you wouldn't put unleaded gas in a Ferrari. So we got, you know, we have to fuel our bodies, right? So I just base dinner off of what, however lunch was, and we'll make whatever I'm feeling. Like I like, obviously I love like chicken, beef, like peppers. I love like salads. I'm pretty going. <laughs> do you live by yourself at training camp or are you cooking for a group? No, I live alone. Okay. So you could just, you only have to take care of, of yourself. Yes. Do you follow any particular type of diet? No, I don't. I, I think it's more so I enjoy, like, I know it's healthy. We've have an incredible stat. Uh, we have incredible nutritionists with us here. And I feel like they've educated, I've been around long enough and I feel well educated on kind of what I need and what I don't need. And, you know, that helps when I go shopping, what I make and, and how I make it. So it's not like I'm very strict, but I, I will say I'm, I'm strict with my approach, but I'm not like, I have to eat this many calories. I'm eating this on this day. It's more fluid, but it's, it's with a well-rounded and wholesome approach of, I don't need to supplement X, Y, and Z because I get that through my food. I'm more of, I like to, you know, I don't mind like protein shakes, but I'm like, if I can get that through like a glass of chocolate milk, I'd much rather prefer that. I was going to ask if there are any particular supplements that you take. No, just like, I like the electrolyte. Like I was saying, I like to add some electrolyte powder into my, my water. And then sometimes I'll have spark before games. It's like the Advocare product. Mm -hmm. And then depending on, again, it depends. Like sometimes you need to take that protein if you you know, we're on the road, you're not getting the nutrients that you want and you're not getting it through the food because you can't control it. Like sometimes I will have a, a protein shake and mix that in, but usually I stick to pretty much the basics. I'm not a heavy supplement person. Do you have a go-to pregame meal? No, that's actually a funny question. I learned early on <laughs> with the national team, you can't control it. <laughs> and so whatever's provided Sometimes you're, you know, on a, in a different part of the world and the pregame meal looks completely different than what you're used to. And you can't get all caught up. Like I wanted pasta and chicken, like, but it's not pasta and chicken. Now I'm going to play bad. Like it's, you can't control it. So I just, 
I'll eat whatever I can. I enjoy like a pasta and chicken kind of pregame meal, but sometimes that's not always available. It's so funny. If and when you have a cheat day, what does that look like for you? What's your favorite cheat meal? I definitely love my ice cream from the plush horse. It's like the homemade ice cream spot back home. Uh, that's where I will go. That's where you'll find me. And then any, any, I love a few places, Chicago pizza, not deep dish. I like the thin crust, but that's definitely my favorite. What's your favorite ice cream flavor? Cookies and cream. Atta girl. Fun. See, I miss the cookies and cream. I can't eat the gluten and it's really hard to find a, a cookies and oh. cream that has gluten-free Oreos in it. But there's a few, there are a few out there nowadays. Ooh, that's <laughs> tough. See, like I, I'm an ice cream snob because I won't, I won't like, if I'm going to eat like an unhealthy dessert, it's got to be like the real stuff. It has to be like homemade ice cream and really worth it. Like I'm not going to eat the nasty, not nasty, but I, I, I'm going to be like a snob and I, I need the homemade ice cream. Have you tried Van Lewin's yet? It's a creamery in New York, but there are available in a lot of Whole Foods around the country now. If you haven't, you've got to try that. I will send you the link because it's pretty, it's like 12 bucks for a pint of ice cream, but it's worth the 12 bucks. <laughs> I know oh. it's crazy. It's so expensive, but they have this one called Honeycomb that has like this like honey, like ripple in it. It's not caramel, it's honeycomb. And it's like different and it's amazing, but their cookies and cream is really good. And their mint chip is, I am an ice cream snob as well. So I mean, to be honest, it. I don't really buy ice cream because I go and get, <laughs> like it's a special treat, so I go and yeah. get it. Although, you know, like I don't actually look for it in the store. So, so maybe funny. I will start. I have to check that out. What are your uh, favorites? Like you guys are overseas a lot. You're playing in Europe, like you're on the road all the time. What are the snacks that you carry in your duffel bag that you can have something to eat in a pinch? I love cliff bars. I love the, the filled ones, the peanut butter, peanut butter ones. I love those ones. I love carrying pistachios around unsalted ones. Salted ones are too salty. I love those. Sometimes I'll carry like a, like a fruit snack of some sort, an apple, again, depending on where we're traveling, apple or banana, if I can, can bring one of those, a piece of fruit on board. I'm trying to think what else I have. Some bars and some nuts are usually like my go-to snacks. And then a fruit, like a fruit snack of some sort. So Kendall, you have a new book coming out on January 18th. It's called As Fast As Her. It can be pre-ordered on Amazon right, as, right now, but tell us about the new book. Yeah, I'm really excited about the new book. Um, you know, I just remember being a kid and not seeing many books that interest me because there weren't many books with women in hockey in them. And so I always remembered that. And I was such a, at such an impressionable age in which this book is targeted towards seventh grade to ninth graders and, you know, wanting that book. And I remember reading Angela's book, you know, speaking of Angela, Breaking yeah. the Ice and Menon Riyam's Menon and Lone in Front of the Net. And those were the, really the only two books. So I always had this goal. I want to do a book. I want to do a book and I want more representation on, on the bookshelves. And so that was my goal. And I'm so excited. It's come to fruition and here it is. And I just hope people see my journey, my story and can grab some inspiration from it. And whether it's hockey or not, it's the message is to follow your dreams and to accomplish whatever it is that you set your mind out to do, because you can do it too. Like I didn't grow up to be a hockey player. I just fell in love with the sport because my brother played it. And so I think people will be, excited to learn about my journey and see that it wasn't a straight line, that there were a lot of obstacles and barriers and naysayers along the way. And whether it's the resiliency or my love for the game, I was able to get to where I am today because of it. You've accomplished so much in this game 
already. You're a two-time Olympian. You've played in so many world championships. I think you've got six world championship golds. What are your goals for yourself for hockey at this point? You're only 29. You could have, you know, another 10 years of this in front of you. I think it's leaving the game better than when I entered it. I think when you're young, you don't recognize, you know, how you had the opportunity or why you had the opportunity or the opportunities that those who came before you didn't have. And, you know, I think it's important that we continue to create opportunities for the the next generation that will come after us. And whether that's through our platform as, as players or, you know, the way that we can advocate off the ice, you know, to continue to make this game better, make this game more equal so that, the opportunities are better for men and women across the board. So I think that that's a, that's a continuous goal of mine, whether I'm still playing this game or not. You've worked in broadcasting for the San Jose Sharks. You've done some work for NBC. You've done player development work for the Chicago Blackhawks. How important is it to you to keep getting just women in those positions where general hockey fans can kind of become more aware of women's hockey and how fantastic you guys are on the ice, how knowledgeable you are off the ice. How important is that to you? Well, I think it's extremely important because you need to see it to be it. And, you know, in a lot of the positions I've been in, I've been the first, but I know I'm not the last. And I think it's the young girls seeing that me in these roles and other women in these roles. And they're like, oh, I can do that too. It's, you know, you see, look at Cami Granado, the first NHL female scout. And, you know, I know my teammates and I are like, oh, we can do that. We're not far off from Cami's age. Um, so I think it's breaking those barriers. It's, it's showing, showing people what is possible. And, and I think we need to continue to have, have more women in those roles. And, and we will, I think, because once someone gets in that, a, a woman gets in that role, there's no doubt she belongs in that role. And you, you quickly forget that she's female. You recognize her as a player development coach. You recognize her as, as the broadcaster. You don't recognize her as the female broadcaster. It's just the broadcaster because of how talented and skilled and how much she belongs in that role. It doesn't, it doesn't matter that she's female. She belongs. And I think it's, it's continuing to get more women. So you kind of break down the part where it's, Oh, she's the first female or she's the second or the third. It's, you know, I think we just, I just saw Beth Mowens became the first female to, I think it was to do an NBA game. It was just like last week. And I'm like, I feel like she's done that already. She's done everything. Like she belongs there. <laughs> it's not even, it's Beth Mowens. Like, duh, you know, I just saw it. It's it awesome. But I'm, she belongs there. You know, I, you know, I remember she called my husband's game. She was the first woman to call a Monday night football game when he was on the Bronco. When he was, no, he was on the Chargers. Sorry. He, he was on the, it was Chargers versus Broncos. But again, like, I was like, oh, that's so awesome. So like when I saw the NBA news, I'm like, oh, she's already done it. Like she's belongs. <laughs> It's so cool to, first of all, see how excited that you get about these things. But like, I love, and I'm I'm looking forward to checking out your book too, because when you grow up and you're told you're too small your whole life, and I had a great relationship with my grandfather, as you know, he was told he was too ugly to be a Yankee. Like, what does that even mean? Everyone is always too something. And I feel like you're just one of those people who turned around and just said, oh, I'll show you how too I can be, you know? And I love that about you. And I'm, I'm excited to see where you go on this journey that I feel like you've got a lot of open road ahead of you to, to, to see what's up. So tell everybody where we can follow you. What are all your social media platforms? Uh, my 
Twitter is Kendall Coin. My Instagram is Kendall Coin26. My Facebook's Kendall Coin26. And my website's KendallCoin.com. Awesome. Well, Kendall, I really appreciate that you joining us. Good luck on the rest of the My Why Tour. Best of luck at the Beijing Olympics. Just be safe, stay healthy, and, and keep kicking butt. Thanks, Lindsay. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much to Kendall for joining us on Food of the Gods. Be sure to follow Kendall on Instagram at, at @kendallcoin26 and Twitter at, at @kendallcoin. You can also follow USA Hockey on both Instagram and Twitter at, at @USA Hockey for updates on the women's national team as they finish the My Why Tour and head into the Beijing Olympics. Until next time, for more information on Food of the Gods or to download other episodes, visit us at foodofthegodspodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram at, at @foodofthegodspod or email us at foodofthegodspodcast@gmail.com. Food of the Gods is a Digitant Podcast production.